You're listening to 90.5 WKHS Warden. Everyone has a story. Everyone starts somewhere. Let's go back to the beginning. Each week, we'll chat with local professionals and hear about the goals and plans they had in high school and then connect the dots to the present day. This is personal. This is all about connections. This is College and Career Corner. Welcome to this week's episode of College and Career Corner. I am your host, Andre Anderson, Senior Coordinator for MBRT's Next Generation Scholars. Give me a moment as I kind of bring myself down from that jam session of Backstreet Boys. I'm feeling that. Uh, getting educated by Emma over here on the Arctic Monkeys and talking about Taylor Swift tickets. So <laughs> all of the good things, just exactly how I want to start this show. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. I have a guest from from where I work, MBRT, today. So we have Nona Carroll, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at MBRT. Welcome to WKHS. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness, what a day it has been. Yeah, um, it has been a day. So I, I invited Nona out to, so we have our Maryland College Week and 17 college reps visiting this week. And today was six of them, or is six. We're, we're not quite done yet. So I invited Nona to come and kind of be an extra set of hands and, and help help things run smoothly. So I think it's been going pretty well. I think so. And um, and Andra, I was going to call you Miss Anderson. It's, you but, can call me whatever. Okay. Miss, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe um, just, you know, the energy in the, in the hallways, you know, yeah. just seeing your students just show up and yeah. be ready. Um, I mean, the sessions this morning with Towson, UMBC, they were well attended mm-hmm. and so yeah I'm, I'm really just in awe yeah. of what you do oh thank you yeah no it's um it's been it's been great and you know we do have the energy of we're, we're we visited some of the schools in the past and we have uh, a college visit coming up this week so there's some some good energy and I've been impressed with the students just asking good questions and I did have them um, submit questions prior and I, I kind of printed a little uh sheet that they could have in front of them to remind them of the great questions that they were planning to ask so that we weren't just kind of staring at the college reps, which was has been really um, helpful, I think, and useful. So, yeah. And I'm so grateful to uh, Dr. Wharton, who oversees the the band program, the Brigade of Blue, for allowing us to use the the Tom McHugh Theater, the, the Black Box Theater. It has proven to be a very good venue for, for these conversations. So grateful for that. So, yeah, so good energy today. We, we're not done, though. I, I still have two more reps coming in today and then um, financial aid night tonight. So. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> More tunes. More tunes. Yes. Gotta I know I'm probably gonna pump up some Backstreet Boys and mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe I'll have a little welcome music, a little nineties welcome music as people come into mm-hmm. financial aid night. You know what, Emma's laughing, but the parents would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Students might not have any idea what's going on, but the parents will be working it. So <laughs> I'm feeling that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so let's dive into let's dive into you, Nona. Let's talk about um, with right now. So what is a chief strategy officer? What does that do? It's a really big title. Um, however, <laughs> uh, it I get an opportunity to help the organization visualize what we are there to do, right? And so our organization is really focused on every student of future, every business of success, and I help to create a roadmap on how we get there what does the next five, 10 years look like? And I work very closely with our executive director, Brian Dulé, um, in making sure that happens. And so when 
I work with the programs like Next Generation Scholars, I want to make sure that those programs help to support our bigger vision and how we're going to get there. So um, strategy. Strategy, yeah. And it's fun, too. I, I love sharing with students the different kinds of titles. And, you know, because there are some that you might recognize or, or more well-known, but there are so many titles. It's one of my favorite things when we go on career tours with the 10th graders and they learn, you get paid to do that? Like, what is it actually that you do? And learning that some people create their own titles and, and make up the work that they do. And it's just mind-blowing. And I love watching that happen. Um, so it, I think it's important for students to realize that there's there are you know more opportunities out there than they even realize and there's a possibility that the job that they will have or the title they will have doesn't even exist yet and empowering them to you know create it so that's like my dream absolutely (laughs) in this particular type of position I mean it's it's really over the last five years I would say that you start to see more chief strategy officer positions starting to be created so Mm -hmm. it is a newer um CEO C-suite level position. Yeah, yeah. That's just like when I, this is going to date me, um, when I was first working in admissions and all of a sudden people had social media manager as their title and everyone was like, what is this? And all of the older admissions counselors were like, we don't need this. And now it's like, you, you can't live without it. So no. <laughs> it was just so wild. Like that's something we couldn't have even anticipated would have been an actual paid position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that's now one of the things that we like to do on this show is kind of go back to what I call the beginning, which is kind of the later years of high school. So sitting in high school in Colorado, what were you thinking of and what did you envision for your future? What was going through your, your mind? So I attended Sierra High School, go Stallions, <laughs> um, in Colorado Springs. And uh, at that time, you know, I created a pathway based on a conversation I had in eighth grade with my school counselor. Wow. Planning. I love this. (laughs) It was more, you know, we walked over to the high school from our middle school and I really don't know how I fell upon it, but it was just like, um, I think I'll go into accounting. I didn't know an accountant. (laughs) I knew money, right? right, I mean, because who doesn't know money? Um, and so that's what I decided that I would go to um, to college for. And so I uh, went to Colorado State University, mm-hmm. majored in public accounting. And in my sophomore year, we did a job shadow. Um, and we would pick somebody locally um, to shadow. And I actually um, worked with a, um, a woman who was a certified financial planner. Mm-hmm. And I realized that she called herself a financial coach. So I realized I I liked money, but not on a spreadsheet, mm. but talking to people about it. Yeah. And so as I go back to school, um, obviously it was, you know, the same week. I'm like, well, I'm not going to change my major because I didn't want to stay any longer than I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, graduated with my degree in um, public accounting, um, but I actually got a really cool opportunity to work at T. Rowe Price. So as many in Maryland know, T. Rowe Price is based out of Baltimore. That's the um, headquarters. But for Colorado Springs, they had just come to um, to the location and opening an office. I was the third training class to wow. start there. Wow. And I became a registered investment advisor and 
I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So it was it was really cool to see the evolution yeah. of I like money mm-hmm. <laughs> from seeing it on a spreadsheet and losing the darn penny. Can't figure out oh where where that penny went <laughs> <laughs> to then saying, hey, let me let me talk to you about, you know, investing for your future, investing for your child's future. So, yeah, that's awesome. I have to say, though, I uh, the accounting class I took at, at Washington College helped me learn Excel really well. So that was the one benefit of, of that class. It's good stuff to know. But also, yes, I, 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 I get joy out of spreadsheets, as Nona knows. But I also... I don't know. I like to see it in person, but you are very, very personable. So I can, I can see you seeing the opportunity to coach people and, and just saying, that is what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> I want to work with people. Um, okay. So that was Tira Price in Colorado Springs. How did you get to, how did you get to Maryland? So the military, my husband, uh, he is now retired Air Force. Uh, we met in Colorado Springs. He was uh, actually um, enlisted and working at the Air Force Academy. And so we met there. Uh, moved here uh, once we got married and um, it was a really cool transition it's kind of weird because I was pregnant with my my second child our third child together and um, I worked the later shift and you know me Andra (laughs) I am a morning person yes so (laughs) 11 to 8 was my shift oh my gosh how (laughs) did you how did you manage (laughs) (laughs) it was it was actually, I, I had to make it fun for my team yeah. that I was managing. Um, I actually brought in coloring books. Oh, fun. Yeah, so when it got quiet at night, everybody, literally, everybody would have a coloring book. Guy, girl, young, old, it didn't matter. But yeah. that, that was like how we just decompressed. Yeah. But, but we made it fun. Um, and so when I was there, you know, I realized, like, I need to grow some of my skills. Yeah. Right? And so... Um, as you were talking about jobs that never existed, mm-hmm. you know, I had the opportunity to actually move into HR without an HR degree. Um, so with human resources, there are so many different facets of it. But I actually became a training consultant because I did not like public speaking, which is the weirdest thing. Captain of the cheerleading team. <laughs> um, I was actually student gover- um, student body government. I'm sorry, student body president. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was terrified of public speaking. Yeah. And the first class I had to teach was public speaking. <gasps> oh, fun. <laughs> I tell you, I was probably more nervous <laughs> than my teammate or the, the folks in the class. And I actually went to Tampa because we had an office in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And that was my very first training class. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is, Do you still like remember every detail of that day? Yeah. 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 Shakes. The, yep. the everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's funny. So, um, so that so then, how did you how did you get to MBRT? So, I had an amazing manager at um, in the learning and organizational development um, group that I was in, mm-hmm. and he wanted to make sure that um, I was able to grow some of the skills that I might have felt like I needed more growth in. And he also wanted to make sure we had a good work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is, it's ironic that I think about it now, um, I told him, I am a tactical person. Like, I can go to town on some lists, right? Mm-hmm. You tell me, here's the 20 things I need you knock, to knock out, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I said, I'm not a strategic thinker. 
Ah, oh, but now you're a strategy officer. Ah, yes. <laughs> and so he gave me, you know, um, you're going to build this training curriculum mm-hmm. and with just, you know, with the tools that you know, but you need to start from the very top. What is your overall vision? And then how are you going to get there? And mm-hmm. that's how he helped me with that particular skill. The balance piece. Um, I then said, hey, I would love to do some volunteering. So mm-hmm. I became a volunteer with the Maryland Business Roundtable for Education. Yeah. And so I went into those eighth and ninth grade classroom sessions. Public speaking. Public speaking. <laughs> in so, front yes, of middle schoolers. <laughs> I know. That was probably more terrifying. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they thinking? Yeah. Like, you know, so. But, um, but that, you know, was my first in to MBRT. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely loved it. To see the light bulb come on for mm-hmm. those young people who, of course, if I were their parent sitting in front of them, I mean, their parents probably told them the same things that I did while I was in the classroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would see those light bulbs. Yeah. And so I just, um, I loved it so much that the the person who was overseeing the program said, how do I get you here? Wow. And yeah. the rest is history. So. Yeah. That's amazing. It's just, you never know what turn it's going to take. And I love, I love taking that professional journey with each of our guests because there is no one right path or one perfect path. And what you're thinking in high school or even in, in, if you go to college or get any additional training after high school, what you're thinking at that moment could evolve to something completely different. If just following a path of, you know, asking questions or just saying, Hey, I, I want to build more skills or what does that job do or what, you know, what kind of an impact could I have? How can I work better with this group of of people or, you know, work with high school students or whatever it might be. So you never know, you never know. And just have to kind of follow, follow your, I don't know. I say follow your gut because that's what I follow, but some people like to follow their head (laughs) or their heart, (laughs) hearts and heads or gut. I'm I'm all about the gut. (laughs) What feels right. What feels right. Um, Okay. Well, so now, so now we're here to Maryland business Roundtable for education and BRT. How do you find your like prioritizing or how are you spending your time now in, in your current role? I spend a lot of my time in meetings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know our team, we try to cut down on the meetings yes. because you have a lot that you're doing in the class, in the school building mm-hmm. um, with young people. But I um, also, you know, outside of the schoolwork, we have the business side. Right. And so we have our business partners who are a part of our organization who care about what's happening at Kent County High School Mm -hmm. um, and all the schools throughout the state. And so I am making sure that we are keeping those employers at the table. We're understanding what are the skills that they need, um, what are the kinds of positions that are currently open so that I, as a strategy officer, (laughs) can figure out how, (laughs) how we do that. Yeah on a day-to-day level with our students, um, how we keep that information current, relevant with our students. And so then it's working with the team um, as well. So a lot of time in meetings. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of planning, a lot of, yes, for sure. I, 
I uh, I know <laughs> I think back to when we were going through you know when COVID started and we would have like a daily team meeting and I am not a meeting person as Nona knows <laughs> I'm like I'd rather just be out there doing it who needs to plan I mean I like to plan but my planning happens as I'm going <laughs> I'm like yes that that's good yes that's good and just keep moving so yeah a lot of a lot of meetings yeah but all trying to move the needle forward and help the the business community and help the students at the same time and make those connections, as we like to say, making all the connections. Well, we have such a dynamic team as well. Yeah. And I think that um, just as you think about coming out of COVID, hopefully we're at an endemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows? I know. Um, Who knows? But, you know, there is a lot of talk about in person versus virtual. Yes. And I don't know about young people, but, you know, virtual is kind of boring. Yeah. And there's so much energy that you can get from being in a room Mm -hmm. with people. And so I see a lot of value in still coming together because I think that's where some of the best ideas come from, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice that, you know, as a team, we get to meet every other month we come together and you know get to have a little extra time to to plan versus just sort of staring at each other at a computer every week which is not my favorite thing to do (laughs) yeah yeah and I feel like what you just said Nona was like I personally felt like virtual was a lot harder than in person because I like I like being in here because I feel like I have a better like opportunity to kind of just be like okay this is what I need to do and I feel like when you're online we had no like participation but like five students every class right and with you being in school you kind of get that full like participation and you can be like okay get off your phone do your work kind of thing for teachers and I know for students it was hard I definitely had some hard spouts in it but teachers it also hurt them a lot because they were like I'm getting nothing from you guys and I'm giving you all I can give you right now yeah so I think I think in-person works a lot better, but I know some people and some kids will always say virtual because I don't have to do anything. I can be on my phone, <laughs> mm-hmm. like all of that. I don't have to get out of my bed. Right. <laughs> and there are, I, this is the first year that I've had more questions about online colleges, like looking at like a UMGC or, you know, a lot of questions in the sessions about well, what online classes do you offer? Because some students did find that they performed better online. That's just the kind of style. I'd say probably of the students that I work with, majority do better in person. And I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that their grades are much better um, toward the end of last year and, and this year. And, you know, I think, um, some people might have found online easier for them or they can kind of, you know, independently or self-direct versus having to sit in a classroom. But there's well, so much value to being in person. Yeah, but what's interesting too is, you know, we're starting to see the data now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the impact of the virtual learning and student performance, um, how it has definitely dipped, especially for those schools that stayed virtual longer. Right. Um, so, it, you know, over the years, we're going to really start to feel a lot more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We don't even know the full impact yet. So, um, well, well, let's, okay, let's just, <laughs> let's, let's go away room. from that. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about something fun. <laughs> um, let's talk about, I mean, so we, we kind of have alluded to this and certainly in the, the, three seasons of this program, I've talked about Maryland Business Roundtable and the Next Generation Scholars Program, how we connect with high schools. So, you know, I'm here at King County High School and we also have coordinators at 
five other high schools in the state of Maryland, but MBRT works with all schools in Maryland. So how does that work? What do we do? So we have a legacy program called Maryland Scholars um, that started in, I'd say, the mid-2000s. Um, and so that is a, an opportunity, and that's actually how I started, mm-hmm. um, where a business volunteer will go into a classroom for 50 minutes and talk to students about the choices that they're, gonna, that they're making now and how they're going to impact them in the future. The biggest piece is the business volunteer, although they have a, a template that they work from, a framework, they're coming in with their own lived experiences, and they're showing students, you know, what does it cost to live? How are you going to get those things? And how does education come into play? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're always trying to make a connection to, yeah, you're sitting in this algebra class today, but that algebra class actually has um, meaning when you graduate from high school, regardless of if you decide you're going to go right into working, to college, um, defer a year, whatever it might be. Um, we There's a partner uh, who I use as an example, BGE. They have really great careers at BGE and a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but BGE actually has an entry-level math um, math uh, test that mm-hmm. they that all all of their employees have to take, and they can take it right after high school. Um, but you know there are people who cannot pass that test, mm-hmm. um, and so it keeps them from a really potentially a really amazing career mm-hmm. um, for years, you know? And so um, that is that is a, a huge piece of, of this particular program, encouraging students to challenge themselves to go beyond what is minimally required of them mm-hmm. um, because that's going to help prepare them for that next level. Um, so that's Maryland Scholars. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when again go back to again my own experience as a volunteer I just remember sitting in that 50 minute presentation and coming out like wow these these students really get it they're ready and then I went back to my MBRT partner and said so now what yeah 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 (laughs) one time one one classroom visit then what we left the magazine right Mm -hmm. and so it's been really cool over the last five years um to see our programming evolve with the Next Generation Scholars Program. Mm -hmm. We have the um, state-funded program where we have an opportunity to engage our students throughout the entire school year. And again, the team, Andre, what you do with your kids, you, I see it, right? I, I've watched your students from seventh, eighth, and ninth grade Mm -hmm. to becoming Young adults. Young adults. It's so crazy. I'm just yeah. like, I feel just as proud, even though I only see them maybe like once every, you know, quarter maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's It's been neat to watch their their evolution. And, you know, now the, the students that we started with in seventh grade are seniors. And that's just so wild to see where they've come and how their thoughts have changed or their ideas have changed, even in, over the last year, just how many of them have decided remember when we were talking about college? Can we go back to that? Because I think I want to do that now. Or, you know, I found this really cool career. I want to, you know, go pursue this. It's cool to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's the neat thing about the program is we expose them to so many college and career options mm-hmm. um, in different ways. 
that they start to hear it, you know, eventually they start to hear it. Yes, yes, you can, yes. <laughs> it takes, I think, what is it, like seven times for something to register? Yeah. yeah. I mean, adults too, like we're not <laughs> any different. It takes somebody seven times to register something. So think about that. Think about that. That's a lot. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's lots of good, lots of good connections with high school. So it's your, your career kind of started with, you know, accounting and finance and really moved to toward education and, and using those skills in education. What what advice would you have for somebody who's looking to work in either accounting or financial planning or education? So um, I'm going to take this from the education standpoint. Okay, perfect. Because a lot of times what we hear from, um, what I listen for are, where are the biggest needs? Yeah, yeah. Education right now. Yes, um, I used to be a diversity consultant as well at, at T-Row. And I remember uh, I attended a, a training where, um, and actually I'm just going to read this really quick. So council, the Council on Foreign Relations sponsored an independent task force report um, on U.S. education reform and national security, uh, national security concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they found or what they say is that educational failure puts the United States future economic prosperity, global position and physical safety at risk. Mm. So the lack of preparedness poses threats on five national security fronts, economic growth and competitiveness, physical safety, intellectual property, U.S. global awareness and U.S. unity and cohesion. What that means is When we don't have teachers to teach young people the skills that they need for success um, after high school, we are, that's a, that's a security risk for the entire United States. Yeah. And that has always stuck with me that teachers are, are at the front line. Right. And so I hope that more young people will look at teaching Mm -hmm. as you know, as something that is their own, their, their duty. Right. Um, Cause I know that this generation is really about how do we make this world better? Yeah. And teaching is a huge piece of that. Yeah. So we need more teachers. Agreed. And I'm grateful. Like I, I've had conversations with students more this year that many of them want to pursue teaching. So I'm like, yes, let's figure this out. I like it. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that, that there's more people that are, are interested in pursuing pursuing teaching. So, yeah. So that's the advice is to fill the biggest needs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, talking about any form of education, like I, my goal was to become a teacher and I kind of am, but I'm yep. not, not traditional in a classroom, you know? Yep. So there are lots of roles like that to, to play as well in the education of a, of a student. So, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for for coming on the show, for talking and sharing more about Maryland Business Roundtable for Education, for sharing your own professional journey. I think every connection that we can make with a student is just going to be great for impacting their future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. So stay tuned for our show for next week. We have our Chester Riverkeeper, Annie Richards, working with Shore Rivers, coming in to talk about all things riverkeeping and her own professional journey. So that will be next week's show. And until then, have a great rest of your day.
You're listening to 90.5 WKHS Warden.